I'm Patty Peterson here at Jazz 88, and it's really a pleasure for me to invite to the airwaves the uh, writer, director, and executive producer of a new documentary out on the life of Oscar Peterson, Barry Averitt. Welcome to Jazz 88. Thank you for having me. Barry, what drew you to this topic? Why was it important for you to tell this story? I think a couple of things changed for me uh, and then, you know, and how I wanted to construct the film, but specifically Oscar, I was blown away the more research I did. And as we sort of uncovered performances of footage that we had found from all over the world, from Copenhagen to Tokyo and Sweden and elsewhere, that his generosity towards his other musicians was quite something. I was also fascinated with his voracious appetite for playing. There didn't seem to be any kind of time where he stopped playing. Uh, You know, he he recorded a myriad of albums, obviously, for himself, but also he was sort of the go-to musician for everyone. Everybody wanted Oscar, uh, from Ella to Count to Duke, and so there's another 200 albums. I was just amazed at his appetite in wanting to play. I mean, as he says at the beginning of the documentary, I come to play, and that's what he was about. You said a very interesting word at the very beginning of your description of him, and that is the word, his generosity towards other musicians. Say more. Well, if you look at, you know, he he primarily starts off as this amazing prodigy uh, discovered by Norman Granz, the great jazz promoter who created jazz at the Philharmonic and took jazz as an art form from the smoky basement clubs where it was, you know, somewhat niched to becoming mainstream in these, in, in, Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center and then touring the world. And so, you know, Oscar begins as a prodigy and then immediately establishes these brilliant trios that he plays at Thigpen and Bill Evans and on and on. And yet he had to be convinced that there was a solo career. Count Basie, as he recollects in the film, suggests that he might have a solo career. And that to Oscar was unheard of because he, he just loved the sound of his musician. Right. Uh, Oscar adored them. There were no politics. And I think that's one of the reasons, Patty, you know, in, in terms of why is Oscar not remembered the same way? It, you know, this wasn't Finding Neverland. Uh, there's no drugs, uh, there's no scandal. And so, you know, and Oscar spent most of his, you know, his years when he wasn't playing on the road back in Canada. So you tend to forget. That's what I, you know, I'm hoping to do with this film is to reverse that and say, you know, when you think jazz, you better think Oscar Peterson. Because, you know, it liberated so many musicians to be able to tour. Uh, with that became, you know, uh, discrimination and prejudice in terms of touring. And there's a big piece of that in the film, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, I'm thrilled that this is certainly an art form that that defines an excellence in, in music in America. You just led us to believe that he didn't have a lot of challenges regarding the drugs, the alcohol, that kind of a thing. But he had to have had challenges in his life. And I'm wondering how you choose in a documentary to depict them. What was the truth behind that? Well, I, you know, you, you look at a, a, an entire life. Oscar was very candid about being incredibly lonely on the road uh, because he had a relentless tour uh, schedule that I think reflected his own playing. It was just so manic, frenetic. It was, you know, people talk about Night Train being the greatest album. I mean, Oscar's music to me was like a freight train. And that's what his touring was like. So loneliness on the road, multiple relationships and marriages, broken families on that end of it uh, was a big thing, certainly his health. And then you know, the one thing, I mean, we, we certainly know about the, the massive challenges many people, musicians and, and everybody else of color faced in and continues to face in America in terms of civil rights. And then as I sort of dug into Oscar's world in terms of touring, that was 
a huge issue and eye-opener for him. He had faced some discrimination and prejudice, certainly in Montreal. Canada's a different country than the United States and certainly was at that time. So by the time he was going out on the road, facing what he faced on the road in terms of discrimination and prejudice was a almost a showstopper for him. When it came to greeting his public, were they standoffish? Look, he had been warned going out on the road that what he was going to face. The one thing that was shocking for Oscar is that, you know, he would, yes, that, you know, staying in different hotel rooms and the discrimination in terms of venues and being able to use a bathroom and where he can eat. He was warned about that going on the road. Uh, it, it didn't make it easier. However, the earth shattering thing for him is that he would play a gig and could be in somewhere in South Carolina. Uh, and he would come off the stage elated because it had just been a killer performance. There would be fans there by the hundreds for meet and greets with him. And, and he loved that uh, until he would want to put his hand out or hug them. And they'd say, listen, Oscar, we love your music, but we're not going to touch you. We're not going to hug you. Wow. Uh, and that, that was uh, earth shattering for him. Documentaries are generally uh, a mix of footage and talking heads to get that message across. There's a lot of Oscar Peterson footage that we found, concert footage that people haven't seen ever, or in some cases not 50 years. And then we brought in musicians. I wanted a few people in it um, who could speak to Oscar's influence. Uh, Billy Joel, Herbie Hancock, Branford Marsalis, John Baptiste, Ramsey Lewis. Uh, you can't get better than that. What was the high point for you in doing this documentary? Probably re-recording Hymn to Freedom. Um, this was a song that Oscar was sitting around the studio playing with a melody, trying to figure out what his voice and his response would be to discrimination on the road, Martin Luther King's assassination. What would be his voice? And Norman Grants encouraged him to think about that. Oscar composed Hymn to Freedom with the lyrics being added later. I had forgotten that Obama had chosen that song for his first inauguration. And that spoke volumes to me in terms of here's this Canadian jazz artist in this piece of Hymn to Freedom. Such a beautiful composition. artist by the name of Jackie Richardson. Being in that studio with her and the musicians, hearing that was a huge high point for me. I know that everyone is going to want to see this now, and it's available on Hulu, you said. I encourage people to watch it on Hulu if they can. Barry Averich, thank you so much for joining us here on Jazz 88. I thank you for what you've done and for holding thank the you. light up for jazz and telling the real story. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for having me. All right. Oscar Peterson, Black and White, now available on Hulu. So glad I could do this interview with Barry Averidge. I'm Patty Peterson on Listener Driven Jazz 88.